0: Hello and welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and I'm joined as always by Matt Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? I'm feeling great. <laughs> it's uh, we're recording this on uh, Sunday of divisional round weekend, and uh, his Patriots just uh, curb stomping. Oh my gosh! Like, and the that's Chargers. a polite way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> just putting it to the Chargers. Um, yeah, it's been a good week. I can't yeah. complain. I, I complained about like the docket of games last week. Um, Not being a lot of great games. No, but it kind of turned out to be a fun week in the NBA. It's like been the most normal week in the
1: NBA. I feel like, or considering how the NBA has been, I guess, unnormal. Yeah.
0: Week, least drama, drama filled. Weeks, Pretty much. I, I find it funny that last week, we'll get into this in the news, so record early Sunday morning, which is, like, non-traditional for us. We normally do it, like, afternoon or night. And then that afternoon, Tom Thibodeau gets fired. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> like, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that, that, that would happen to us, but... Uh, it was a fun week. It was a fun week. Minnesota shook it up on us. But before we get into the news, remember to follow us on Twitter at NBA CouchGM Pod. Um, you can also find us on F- Facebook um, if you search for Couch CouchGM Podcasts. Um, you can find our artwork there. Um, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts if you're not already. SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Man. Let's get let's get into this episode, Matt. I'm excited for what we got. All right, get us with the recap then. Uh, so we talked about last week on episode 12. We talked about the Justin Holiday. Uh, holiday trade. Uh, Injuries galore. LeBron James, John Wall out for the season now. Uh, Rajon Rondo's out for a couple more weeks. Probably a couple more. uh, With Han. But our main topic was uh, New Year New Me and New Year's resolutions, which was a lot of fun. We talked about Houston, Indiana, Lonzo Ball, Chris Paul, and uh, the 76ers. If you want to go back and listen to that episode, it was a lot of fun. Uh, You can find it in your feeds. Matt's Game of the Week was the Celtics Pacers the game ended up being a blowout. The Celtics won 135 for the Pacers 108. Yeah. Just th- absolutely clobbered. I think
1: Miles Turner missed that game, and I can't remember if Oladipo missed that game also. But, yeah, just took it to him.
0: <laughs> and uh, Matt predicted it would be a three-point game. Uh, and my game of the week was Jazz-Lakers. Ended up being uh, 113 to the Lakers 95. Uh, I predicted it would be a four-point game uh, with Jazz 110 and Lakers 106. So we got the
1: winning teams correct but these games the margins being, yeah just not as close and that even that Jazz Lakers game didn't really feel close
0: I, we watched some of that game uh, he was over Matt was over at my apartment and good lord like the Lakers couldn't buy a bucket yeah, it was like a 20 point bucket. game at halftime it was gross and also uh, Donovan Mitchell posterized JaVale McGee oh god, so <laughs> that, was, that was a lot of fun uh, I'm sure you saw that on social media if you follow anything sports related but Matt take us through this week's news
1: so not a lot going on um, besides a couple injuries. Um, J.J. Barea tore his Achilles. R. I. B. Um, so that hurts Dallas, but if they weren't super pushing for the playoffs, I um, guess it's not that big of a deal, but he is out probably for the year. Um, the big part which Ryan started to, to hit on was the Tom Thibodeau firing. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't bring that to you last week, but we're kind of <laughs> going to hit on it today. So Minnesota beat the Lakers by 22, and then later that day he got fired so the the first thing I have is what is next for Tom Thibodeau and who if any team gives him a head coaching gig
0: going forward do you think he's an NBA head coach still so because of the Jimmy Butler fallout I think it's gonna take a couple years but in the meantime I think he's gonna either find something like a front office gig Mm because that's what like he's done that before yeah Um, I think he'll end up in the front office and maybe not come back to coaching I could see that. I yeah. I don't think any
1: team going to give him a head coaching job next year. Like I, I just I, I don't know if he can do that. Um, he's definitely not going to be a head coach slash president of basketball operations. That's anymore. a bad. That's a bad situation. And it doesn't like that's working out for anyone anymore. Just with how much you have to do. Um, I I don't think he's been a bad front office guy though. Like I didn't love the Taj Gibson signing. Yeah. Um, just because of the amount of money, it was like fourteen million dollars a year for two years. But I, I understood it in a in a cultural sense. But everything else, like getting Rose on a minimum contract, which That's we were talking deal. off air, like he's a six man of the year front runner. Yep. Really. Um, drafted a guy like Josh Okoji, you got Carl Anthony Towns to go ahead and sign his extension. Now, the Andrew Wiggins one wasn't so great, but... I mean, like, you take a risk on that. It doesn't, I, d- I don't doesn't feel like that one was really an option. Yeah, though. like, you had to give it to him, and that's probably even coming from the top down. Like, you got to give it
0: Former to him. Former number one pick. You go yeah. trade for him for yeah. your what-was-franchise player. Yeah. Sign in Jeff Teague, like, lots of little moves
1: that... Honestly, Anthony Tolliver, like these kind of things, like worked generally, but it was just balancing all of it didn't really work. I could see him as an assistant coach still. Mm. Um, it's just one of those like if you're a team that wants to bring him in, do you have to be conscious of the fact that like? He had a star, or a couple stars, really, because I consider Croninthony Towns a star. Yeah. And it didn't really work out between Tibbs and Cat and Tibbs and Butler. So if you're a a team trying to star chase, like the Clippers or the Lakers or the Knicks, like, you can't. Bring this guy on, can you? Right. I mean, maybe you can if he's just an assistant. But, like, that thought came into my head. Like, if you're just, like, building a program, then I would understand it. But if you're star chasing and he doesn't have a great relationship
0: with stars, I'd be a little wary of it. Yeah, um, I'd be, be too. Uh, something interesting that I was just thinking about, do you think he would take a look at the college game at all? Because, like, I feel like his, like, style play could work mm. in college better than it does in the mm. NBA. Yeah, because it's like
1: oddly similar to like what like Virginia might play or, yeah. or something like that. It's just the recruiting aspect of it. I could see him doing it if it was just more of like this isn't the right word, but like freelance. Yeah. Like analyst like type yeah. type of thing. Like how you see like in football, like a lot of analysts, aka coaches who got fired and kinda wanna like get like just their feet back under them. Yeah. I don't know if he would do that, but it'd be really interesting
0: to do it. Um If you're in college, like you take a risk on it? Like, trying to Again, rebuild the program? Maybe not, like, for, like, long-term 10 years, but, like... No, no, no. But if you're
1: just looking for, like, that... Like, you have an extra thing, like, extra position open for something like that, I, I think it'd be really cool. And if you go somewhere, like, that's a bigger program. I think it'd be uh, a really good experience, but I don't I don't think he would do that. Probably it's, not. It's either front officer or assistant for him. Now, in his place is Ryan Saunders, had Coach, um, or well, he's the interim, but he's the the son of Flip Saunders, longtime NBA coach. Um, Ryan Saunders is only 32 years old, but won his opener. Against your Oklahoma City Thunder. God. And the uh, Andrew Wiggins game. Where he had he, like
0: what forty points 40,
1: Jesus. <laughs> points. And it's just like whenever Minnesota and Oklahoma City play, it's like it's the most entertaining game of the year. I don't it's know like why. Andrew Wiggins, like, oh yeah, I know how to play basketball. Just for this like one little It's so weird. It's like he's back in college and he's getting to play against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Like he's like, <laughs> Oh yeah, let's do this. Um, I don't know what it is, but like he always plays great. Didn't he have like a
0: game? Winter against Oklahoma City. Yeah, he, like hit, a hit a, he, he, he had a half court heave. He a half court heave after Carl Anthony Towns set a legal screen. I mean, <laughs> Ryan's not mad about <laughs> I'm it, so. Not still. salty
1: at all. Um, so Ryan Saunders took over. They won their first game with him. Um, just a, a funny little note I saw from I think Jace Frederick of the Pioneer Press out of St. Paul is in practice Ryan Saunders the other day made long twos worth negative points I love it I and love it he didn't he didn't he wasn't able to qualify if it was like late in the shot clock stuff or early in the shot clock like someone just pulled up like oh I'm just gonna do it I don't know what the exact context of it but this idea of like basically just shaming Andrew Wiggins <laughs> (laughs) It's just, like, hilarious to me. Like, he's, like, a $30 million player, like, on your team. And you just, like, made his entire offensive game, like, worth, literally nothing. Actually, worse than nothing. (laughs) Like, that's just hilarious to me to see. So, Ryan, what do you hope to see from Minnesota now that they've moved on from Tibbs and Jimmy Butler this year?
0: (sighs) That's a good question. I think... They still, like you said, they still have Cat. They still have Andrew Wiggins, whatever that's worth. They have Derrick Rose, who's a really good point guard this year. And I say this year because we don't know if this is going to be a sustained success thing. I think they still push for the playoffs this year. Um, Whether they get there is going to be a different story because the bottom of the West is super tough. Um, But I think they still push I, I like what Ryan Saunders is doing I mean if you go into Oklahoma City a top three team in the West and kind of take it to them like that's worth something that's worth something and maybe maybe the players are now bought in because Flip was such had a, such a huge impact in Minnesota and on the Timberwolves that maybe they just bought yeah. in yeah And, I mean, they're
1: 21 and 22 at the time of this recording, so that's good for 11th. But that only puts them, like, what is this, three, two games out of the eight seed? Yeah. So, I mean, like, they're still right there. Like, most of these Western Conference teams are still just right there. You just need a good week. Yeah. And you're you're right in it. So I wouldn't say they're out of it. Um, part of me says I want them to push for the playoffs, but doing so with their younger players. Like I mentioned, like the Josh Akoji. I would yeah. have a little more Tyus Jones on this team. Like I really enjoy Anthony Tolliver and Taj Gibson. But those you know, guys are like,
0: what, 30? I would say
1: they might be older than uh, Ryan Saunders. I want to look <laughs> into this because I'm really <laughs> curious now. Um, I don't know why I didn't look that up ahead of time, but, like, let's give these minutes to, like, Gorgie Jang and yeah. these other type of guys that you at least drafted or you, like, in the case of Gorgie Jang, like, you've already literally invested more in. Let's just see what they can do. You've got Dario Saric, who's still a young player. Robert Cummington's at least still in his mid-20s, so, like, throw him out there with a lot of these guys and just kind of see what happens along with Wiggins Towns. I would love to see them push for the playoffs, but do so while developing their, their young yeah. players. And if they happen to win some of those games, great. But if they kind of just hover around this 11, 12 spot in the West for the rest of the year, I wouldn't be upset about that either.
0: I mean, they're right where the Jazz are right now, right? Like
1: right around 500. Yeah, the Jazz are have bumped up to 23 and 21. The Kings are 22 and 21. So yeah, they're right there. They're within a game and a half of both of those teams.
0: So I don't know. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Minnesota does for, it, because now they have Wiggins and whether he's going to be a part of their future or not. They signed him to a long term deal, but I'm sure you can bait some other team like yeah. the Suns into.
1: That's the thing. If you get a, a good draft pick this year, or you know one of these other nice pieces like kind of develops or. You you think Tyus Jones isn't like a point guard you're gonna keep long term? Maybe you try and package them, and yep. for another team that does enjoy Tyus Jones and what he can bring to the team, like just these kind of ideas, you could you could get off of Andrew
0: Wiggins still if you like felt that way about him. I mean, it's not like the John Wall situation where there's like no getting off of him whatsoever. Yeah. So I I still feel
1: confident in Minnesota like moving forward that they'll be able to do something from pretty much their head coach down like head coach and players I feel Mm. confident about Minnesota moving forward now above that I'm not sure ownership no idea (laughs) but but, uh, let's see if they can if they can manage the next year and a half well like they could set themselves up for success success being like making a playoffs like consistently like a couple years in a row like that's in like the five year future of this team if they handle the next year and a half correctly
0: If I think that's that's a big if for them Uh, so let's get on to our big topics. We have a couple different ones because it's mid-season. We're a little over... That's crazy. Which is nuts. We're in mid, mid-January now. just seems like we just started into the NBA season. Yeah. But the best part of the NBA season is coming up. Playoff push, all-star. So let's uh let's give our midseason thoughts here matt and let's let, why don't you start with your midseason thought so okay i thought about going with like a concept
1: here but i decided just to focus on a team and my midseason thought is that i am worried about the denver nuggets
0: mm. and
1: they're they've somehow still stayed atop of the west they're 28 and 13 and part of me really loves the nuggets mm-hmm. that they've built this team from the ground up basically um now they've been injury-plagued this year between Millsap, Harris, and other guys. Um, what concerns me though is two different ideas. One is that they're seventeen and eight against the West, which is like a really fantastic record. But that's tied with Utah for the fewest games against Western Conference teams from a Western Conference team yep. this year. So like that's very concerning to me. Is that like you have to play more Western Conference teams, and therefore your games are harder. Um, moving forward. So that's a little bit worrisome to me. And then just watching this team, I, I enjoy it. Like, Nikola Jokic
0: is just Man, so much co- fun. He had a couple <laughs> dimes this past week that were just like half-court heaves that just yeah. were like on the um, dot.
1: I can't believe what he can do with the basketball sometimes. Um, it's crazy. And then Jamal Murray can explode at any time. But this team is so young, like, it, it worries me that like it feels like everyone is like 24 and below. Um, that That's a crucial part of this team outside of Paul Millsap. So that's a little bit worrisome. And this thought I had, like, they've just had so much regular season success, but they've never really done it in the playoffs because um, they missed out last year by the game. And that allowed Minnesota in. Is that this team feels kind of has the vibe of like the 2014 2015 Atlanta Hawks that went 60 and 22, um, but got swept by the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. I Really great regular season team. We'll enjoy watching them in the first round of the playoffs, maybe even the second round of the playoffs. But the second they hit Golden State, um, maybe or, even Houston. Or Houston, yeah, those two especially. But even if the Lakers got hot or Oklahoma City. Like when I say Oklahoma City, if Russell Westbrook starts figuring <laughs> it out, like against any four of those teams, like I wouldn't feel great this with this team. I want to like them more, and I think I'll really like Denver next year after they've had some playoff experience. But something is just holding me back about Denver and thus opening the West to many other teams. Like it's kind of stayed all year.
0: Yeah. It kinda it's weird because like even though the number one it still feels like Golden State's They don't one. feel like the number yeah. one
1: team. Yeah. Like, they just have the number one seed right. at this point. And that's kind of how I felt with Atlanta that 2014-15 year. They have the number one seed, but they don't feel like the number one team. They're just a really fantastic team. With, that team had, like, the Al Horford. Yeah. Ironically, I think they had Paul Mills up at that time, too. <laughs> um, just a really good team, but no very clear, like, guy that's just going to take over. Yeah. Now, I love Jokic. He's a superstar. He's an all-NBA guy, but he doesn't take over a game the same way you want someone to in the playoffs like like how Kyrie does
0: yeah or Harden
1: or Harden yeah or or Steph or or Katie or whoever and, yeah and you, oh wait we just ran through the Western Conference <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so that's kind of where I'm at with with
0: Denver midseason. I like them but something's just holding me back good midseason thought I like that mine's gonna be kind of a hot take and I was thinking about it this past weekend uh slash week and I think my MVP right now doesn't my top three doesn't include Kawhi the the best player on the best team in the east yeah which is crazy right I think so I mean it might be but like so my my here's my MVP right now top three Giannis Harden Joel Embiid in that order in that order because Harden's playing, I don't, like, he skyrocketed this, like, three month, I guess it's yeah. been a month, that he's been, like, averaging, like, 40 points a
1: game. <laughs> and, like, basically a near triple-double and just carrying Houston.
0: Like, that, it's something going back to uh, your idea with the Hawks. Like, they're a really good team. Toronto's a really good team. Without Kwai, they've won. Yeah. And I know that's like, like if you, I don't know I, when I think of MV, MVPs, I think if you take them off their team, that team's gonna suck. And you feel
1: like Toronto still makes the Eastern playoffs without Kawhi? Yeah, I, I mean, that. like they're top five without Kawhi, probably. Like you were talking about the team running it back from last year, or just yeah. this current team without Kawhi?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think so. I I like he's been really good. He's been really really good. But just not like MVP level. I don't even know if he's my fourth, honestly. Do
1: you get into guys still like Anthony Davis or it, PG Even? Yeah.
0: There's so many
1: guys this year.
0: Who's in the same category as Kawhi, who's been really, really good, but I just don't know if he's MVP level. Like, I think Giannis and Harden are even a mile's distance from Joel Embiid in my top three. I would say probably so. Like, I think it's just Giannis and Harden right now. I wouldn't include Kawhi. Maybe if LeBron James comes back. I don't Like, it's just such a weird race. Like, and it's weird for me to say, like, Kawhi Leonard... Doesn't deserve to be in a top four in an MVP conversation, but he's been really good. He's been really, like, he's been consistent. He's been super, yeah. he's a good scorer, good defender, but like, it's he,
1: just weird to like knock a guy for averaging like 25. Right. I, I don't know his numbers off the top of my head, but I'm assuming it's something like 25, seven and four. Right. On the best team in the East.
0: Like, it's not like... I'm saying he's not a bad player. He's a really, really good player. But he's just not... Like, taking over a game. It just doesn't feel like Toronto, as a collective, takes over games. Not just Kawhi. And he can take over games. Which he's done this season. Which, I, when I've watched him, he takes over games. And they win most of the time that he does that. But it just feels like... I don't know maybe it's like his personality that he's just like so nonchalant about it
1: feel like feel like a superstar
0: yeah there's no like trash talk on the way back and maybe that's what like james harden like doing whatever like getting and ones like yeah. four point plays and just like trash talking everyone around him Maybe that's a part of it. I don't I don't know. It's just weird for me to like sit down and consider that like Kawhi Leonard's probably not
1: top four for me in MVP conversation. He, I looked it up. He's at twenty-seven points, eight rebounds, and three assists per game.
0: That's fantastic. Okay.
1: Yeah, for a lot of years, like, that is a top three MVP. But what Harden's done, what Giannis has done, and Embiid. I feel like Embiid's carried Philly this yeah. year. Like, that's worth something.
0: I, I, I don't know. It's a weird thing to say. But I just think this team can win without him, and it just doesn't feel like, wow, Kawhi Leonard. That That's a dude, like, who I would say... Yes, he is the most valuable yeah. player in this league.
1: That's really interesting, especially like when you think like he's gonna be a free agent that everyone wants, but like we can't even put him in MVP discussion.
0: That's the right thing. Now. Like or he's or well, light discussion. Uh, like, what do you? I don't. I don't know. It's so weird, and I kind of understand why now that he doesn't have a shoe deal. It's not like knocking his personality or anything, but like when you're selling shoes, like you need people
1: to gravitate towards you. Yeah. And he just doesn't carry that with him, at least amongst, like, the public. Among, obviously, when you're scheming in an NBA game, like, yeah, he does. But other than that, he's just quiet.
0: He's quiet, And he's off in Toronto, which is even, like, weird. Like, I don't know. It's just a weird situation this year. It's weird. That's my thought right now, at least. Watch this week. He's going to go after 50 points a game. (laughs) But uh, just, like, freezing cold take. I'll be on that Twitter feed pretty soon. Anyways, uh, as we're moving on from our mid season thoughts, let's check in with the rookies. This is going to be a fun topic because we both like rookies a whole bunch.
1: Yeah. I, I was saying to you off air, like, I'm already starting to get into, like, next year's draft class or this upcoming draft class for 2019 and and working on that. Um, but we're going to talk about the top five from this past year. Um, so we'll start with the number one pick, whether well, he should have been the number one pick or not. He shouldn't have been. I'm going to
0: definitely say that.
1: DeAndre Ayton playing for Phoenix. Um, what we kind of have is stats team and then a couple thoughts for each of these guys. So Deandre Ayton's at 16 and a half points per game, about 10 and a half rebounds per game, two assists per game and a block per game. Suns are 11 and 13 tanking for the number 1 pick again. Um I don't think it's a bad thing I think they're doing what I want them to do yeah um if they're not going to be number one they'll they'll probably be within the top three or four just depending on how it works out but I think that's where Phoenix pretty much needs to be um So, looking into DeAndre Ayton a little more, um, he's only fouled out once this year, which I I can appreciate that. He's got five a couple times, but he's only fouled out once, which for someone who doesn't play defense or defense well, um, I'm impressed by that. Um, He shoots 52% of his shots within three feet of the basket, which is kind of worrisome, so it's dunks. Dunks. He dunks the ball, and that's that's it. (laughs) Um, And... Almost the rest of his shots come within um, 10 to 15 feet of the basket. So it's it's all basically just the paint that yeah. DeAndre Aiden plays in right now. Uh, he can do some work at the elbow, but it's basically just right at the rim. I would love to see him expand his range selection. Mm. So I've seen him, whether it's um, when they play Boston or just some other highlights and games of theirs, where like, he can work a little bit more on the block um he can do like those like short corner type things i would love it to see him take a few more of those just because who else on this team is putting the ball in the bucket outside of devin booker so i would just love to see deandre ayton expand his range um with this team a little bit more since i put this together do you want me to keep doing or do you want to alternate these um i'll just let you keep going okay and then I'll let you carry the discussion after we okay. run through just the uh, the stats on these guys. So number two, again, whether he should have been number two or not, uh, Marvin Bagley, averaging twelve and a half points per game, six rebounds per game, and assist a game, a block a game. Kings are twenty-two and twenty-one. Um, we mentioned earlier, they're just out of the playoff picture. I wouldn't be surprised if they push for it, um, but they're just out right now. Bagley's only played in twenty-nine of those games this year due to injury um he's he's been out the team is 6 and 8 without Bagley and 0 and 2 when he plays less than 10 minutes in a game um (laughs) one of those games was the game where he got hurt Mm. the other one was because of foul trouble like he I think he either fouled out or borderline fouled out in like 9 minutes of (laughs) gameplay god um so without Marvin Bagley essentially on this team they're 6 and 10 um um, so just, to, just that's a that's a funny stat there. two
0: when uh, playing less than 10 minutes So just, I
1: love it. just throwing that out there and he doesn't play a lot of minutes per game like they try and keep him only in the low to mid 20s whereas <laughs> DeAndre Ayton is pretty consistently in the 30 to 35 range um, just I, they have a loaded front court with guys like Willie Colley Stein um, and Bealitza and Harry Giles so they got a lot of dudes and I think that's more of it than anything Costa Cufos. Um would love to see him get some more run but that's kind of where he's at right now. Um, Last big thought on Bagley. He's only taking one three-point attempt per game, which... As a supposed stretch four. Yeah. I, don't, and I don't love that, but it's, it's just kind of the reality of the situation right now. What concerns me is, like, before the draft, I thought, like, is he a four? Is he a five in the NBA? If he's a four, he needs to be taking threes. If he's a five, he needs to be controlling the glass. And right now, so he's not taking threes. <laughs> and he has a defensive rebound percentage of only 18, which is, like, really low. Like, a starting center needs to be in, like, the 25 to 30 range. So... And again, maybe it's just big guys on the court with him, so he just yeah. doesn't have the opportunity to get as many rebounds, but at come on, hit 20% yeah. on this. Um, so it's like, you're not quite a stretch four, but you're not controlling the glass like a five should. So what does that make you? And I'm not really <laughs> sure. <laughs> and Marvin Bagley. So that's just a thought on him. Um, the next one is our favorite rookie. Um, feels like of all time. Luca. <laughs> um, hallelujah, Luca. Doncic. Um, he's at 20 points per game, six and a half rebounds per game, five assists per game while shooting 37% from three. <laughs> Mavericks are 20 and 22. Again, just outside of the playoff picture. Um, he, Zach Lowe put this stat out there. He's 13 for 20, 4 for 7 from deep. In the last three minutes of three-point games, a.k.a. he's clutch. You like, <laughs> saw this coming? He,
0: won, he was on a championship team in Spain, which he carried. All of a sudden, he comes over to the NBA. Hey,
1: it translates. He's carrying the Dallas Mavericks, dragging the limp body of... Wes Matthews out and Dirk, um, and, <laughs> um, and so that's what it, that was the last point. He's carrying a team unlike any other rookie that's in this top five, or just period. It feels like no one's had to carry a team the same way Luca's had to carry a team and done it with as much success as he's done it. Being like the primary ball handler and just being the dude. I feel like there's a new Luca highlight every other day.
0: Uh, that the step back he has, it's it's a signature move already. <laughs> It might be better than James Harden's. And that's saying something, because James Harden gets extra steps in there. And it's like, to me,
1: it's like, how how do teams not realize this? And it's like, you're 40 games into this guy's career. But, like, it's a step back going left every time. Like, it's yeah. never a step back, right? It's always step back left. And it's just money. And he turns the ball over a lot. But, again, he's the primary ball handler. It, it happens. But he's making up for it.
0: I mean, like, m- when you see the step backs, like, most guys feet are in the paint when he's like... Winding up to take a shot at <laughs> no,
1: three. He, he's just leaving dudes in the dust. Um, he's just so much fun to watch. If if the Mavericks aren't on your local television, they should be your league pass team yeah. just for Luka Doncic. After that came Jaron Jackson Jr., Triple J, at number four, going to Memphis. He's at 13.5 points per game, 4.5 rebounds per game, an assist, a block and a half, and a steal per game. Kind of a little bit of everything there. He's hitting 34% from three. Grizzlies, falling off a little bit they're at 19 and 23 um 3-7 3-7 and seven within their last 10. Probably as Gasol has falling off with Cliff. <laughs> so <laughs> Who could have seen this one? Oh, no. I mean, um, mid-30s big man falling yeah. off. Um, so, Jaron Jackson Jr. is doing a lot for this team. So, I was looking at his shot selection. I just, with big men, I really like to look at the shot selection. Um, just what they're doing. So, Jaron Jackson Jr., 65% of his shots are from within 10 feet. Which, that's basically the exact same as DeAndre Ayton from within 10 feet. But the difference is... 25% of the rest of his shots for Jaron Jackson Jr. are from three. And that just leaves, like, his last 10% are, like, long twos. So, whereas DeAndre Ayton has shot two three-pointers all year, Jaron Jackson Jr., 25% of his shots are from three. So, I I really appreciate him building that in. If they're wanting to play him beside Gasol, maybe because of necessity, maybe because of choice, I I appreciate him stepping out and hitting him in a 34% clip. I think that's super valuable. And just, I think he's the most surprising top five selection. Yeah. Because I I think a lot of people viewed him as developmental. And I think he still has a lot to develop, but he's surprised me, even, with how much he can do right away for a good team. They're starting to fall off, but they're still a good team, I think. And last one, fifth one, Trey Young. Um, <laughs> we watched so much Trey Young in college, oh. because right down the road at OU. Um, but he's playing for Atlanta, averaging 15.5 points per game, seven assists per game, three rebounds per game, um, and a steal per game. The, the concerning number is that he averages four turnovers per game. Um, but, again, Atlanta, he's the primary guy. It's understandable. The Hawks are 13-29, and 29, fighting for the bottom of the East um, with a bunch of other teams similar to the Suns um, in the West. But uh, Atlanta's kind of a weird situation because right now, even though they're really bad, like they're still only like the fifth worst team in the NBA. So <laughs> they, it's not even, not even fully working out for them, but I don't know. Maybe they get lucky in the lottery. Trey Young, the couple big thoughts here are he's only shooting 29% from three on five attempts per game right now, which is really bad. Um, Not good. And the last thought on him is he has a super high usage rate right now, Um, 27% um, among all these rookies. We're looking at um, only Doncic is higher and it's at 27.9%. So when you think of like how much Luca has to do, Trey Young's basically doing the exact same amount of the work for Atlanta. Um, it's just, he plays in Atlanta so it's a lot worse situation and he's not as good as Luca. So that's part of the interesting part we're going to get into is like how to repick this and how to understand these players now that we have half a season yep. on them.
0: So that's what we're going to do. We're going to repick this top five. Because, you know, we always love to second-guess people. We're cow GMs on this podcast. Yeah. We're going to get the real ones fired. Um. <laughs> so, do you want to start with uh, your number one pick? And then we can so, flop back and
1: forth. Yeah. So, that would have been Phoenix. Again, it's what we we were saying at the time. It's what we're still saying now. It's what everyone's saying now. It's It has to be Luka Doncic. Like,
0: how can it not be? <laughs> I mean, like, it, the biggest need for Phoenix still is a point guard. And yeah. Luca is a point guard. Like, it,
1: you need another guy to handle the ball with either Devin Booker or Luca. Like, you want, like, another ball handler next to them. That's when both of them are at their best. So, why not make those two guys the two ball handlers for the team? Like, could you imagine
0: a Luca Booker,
1: like, combo? Like, that's incredible. Like, you just think of, like, Luca throwing these, like, incredible passes to Devin Booker on the wing, like, and then it's just easy money for Devin Booker. Like, it just works. To me, it's like, did you draft DeAndre Ayton because you could see him up close and personal at At the the University of Arizona? Did you draft him because you're like, we don't have a center really on our roster that we love because Chris and Bender, um, their couple draft picks from a few years ago, flamed out. Did you draft? Did you not draft Luka because you had Josh Jackson on your roster? Like, just so many questions that don't make sense to us and to everyone except Phoenix.
0: (laughs) Well, the crazy, like, when they hired their coach, uh, what's his, I don't don't even remember. Igor Kokoshkov. He's. The national coach for Luka Doncic. I
1: know, so it's like he knows Luka better than pretty much anyone else in the world. Like, <laughs> and then they didn't take him. Like, why did you hire that guy? Besides, he's—I mean, he's a good coach, but like, why did you hire him for just about any other reason besides taking Luka Doncic with
0: the? Number? All I can think is DeAndre made those chairs look. Just, like, (laughs) garbage. And he's having a good year, DeAndre Ayton. But it's the same argument with Kawhi, though. It's like, your good year is trumped by Luka's all-star level play.
1: Yeah. So, I I really like that comparison. So, yeah, to me, Luka Doncic was then, is now, the clear number one pick for this draft. So, what about number two, then, with Sacramento?
0: See, this is where it gets dicey. Cause I think De'Aaron Fox has been a really good, really good this year. So you don't need yeah. a point guard. N- oh no, you can't. And like Jaron Jackson, who I like instinctually, I would want here. They it's the same issues with Bagley. Like the, it's a loaded front court.
1: Yeah, the team was not constructed well for drafting a big.
0: So like. There's what one, two, three, three bigs out of the five.
1: If you, yeah, if you consider Luca a guard, which most people do, yeah. some people count him as a forward, but he's more of a three. So yeah, so Bagley, Jackson, and Ayton. So unless
0: you're looking to go outside of these top five, I mean, that's that's what I would do. I would go with Kevin Knox here, personally. But if I'm forced to stay within these five, I guess I'm staying with Marvin Bagley. By default? By default? Like, he's not having a bad year. No. Like, he kind of fits with De'Aaron Fox better than any other player. I'd say the case, the other case would be for
1: J- Aaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. here. Because you have Willie Cauley-Stein on your roster and you probably want to bring him back at a reasonable deal yeah but if some team overpays and this summer in restricted free agency you you let him walk and then you're left without a center and again i don't know what marvin bagley is that's the point i brought up earlier i would understand taking him at two still if luke is off the board but part of me like i don't know it doesn't i don't know what pick here feels good for sacramento
0: I mean, I guess you're right. Like, I would take Jaron Jackson, knowing the season he's having, and just get rid of the other. Because, like, those guys are get rid of your other big men that you have and just be comfortable with rolling with Jaron Jackson yeah. going forward. Because he's willing to take threes. That Bagley's... In-
1: I haven't watched enough Kings, because West Coast, yeah. to know, like, is he choosing not to take threes? Is he just not being put in that position to take threes? But part of me is like, you can muster up more than one a game. Yeah. Like, you really can. In today's NBA, when how fast the Kings play and how much offense, like, that's their team's offense. I mean, De'Aaron Fox essentially standing at half court to get the inbounds pass. I know. Like, he should have the space to do it, especially with Fox driving so much. Yeah. Like, the space should be there for Bagley to kind of get out two, three, and just be wide open.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a tricky thing. Like, you can get a Willie Collie Stein essentially for a vet minimum now. Yeah, you can find those guys in the draft,
1: in the mid-teens, like, and do just about the same thing.
0: Like, JaVel McGee is, like, a minimum guy. Yeah. And he's... Ex- probably the same same role as a Willie Cauley Stein like rim protector essentially dive yeah. dive to the rim. You, in
1: theory, Willie Cauley Stein can do more and be more, but up to this point, he's basically the same guy. So yeah, you're right. So what was your final decision there, Bagley or Jackson? <sighs> uh, talent. I think you convinced me. I'm going to go with Jaron Jackson Jr. All right. So we got Luca at one, Jaron Jackson at two. So number three, it's it's Atlanta here because. They traded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's I'm, good point. I'm considering that it's Atlanta at three. Yep. Um here. Knowing you have Aiton on the board, you have Bagley on the board, and you got Trey Young on the board. So without going out of the again, I think I'm staying within this group for this one. Um kind of doing this on the fly right now. <laughs> so Bagley, Aiton, or Trey Young. Um Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... What is it? This team means everything, it feels like. Like, John Collins going into the draft. John yeah. Collins was the only guy that I really felt great. Like, yeah, you need to, like, build with him in mind. They have a guy like Torian Prince on the Atlanta Hawks already, which he's nice, but he's a little older um, because he played multiple years at Baylor. Yeah. Um, he's a good NBA player, but he's just played multiple years at Baylor. Um, they had traded Schroeder in the offseason, so... For Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, that whole get off of that thing. Um,
0: But they wouldn't have done that if they didn't pick Trey Young.
1: Yeah. So, yikes. So, uh, (laughs) again, (laughs) this this is the the hard part because I think John Collins' long term is a five. Yeah. um, And I think they see that also. Um, But he's so good defensively. I think I would go with Marvin Bagley.
0: I kind of agree with that, actually. Because
1: to me, like... eh, john collins is so bouncing has vertical space but he hasn't fully developed the outside space yet and i think bagley's better with the outside space than aiden is Mm. and will be so i would love to see bagley next to john collins more than i would aiden and john collins because i feel like then that just space near the rim just gets really clustered and that negates what john collins does so well and aiden's more talented than John Collins is and probably ever will be. I'm talking about Aiden's long-term. Yeah. But something about this just, like, doesn't work for me. I don't... I think I'd go with Bagley to Atlanta
0: Traditional,
1: like, 10 years ago NBA, I think you would take Aiden here. But, like, thinking... And I know, like, we're taking over the GM spot right now, but thinking about Atlanta's GMs are warrior guys. Yeah. That, like, they don't... They still don't have a center until Boogie comes back. Um... Like, they don't go for plotting big men right. in the lane, which is, at this point, that's what Aiton is. That's what I talked about before. It's what he is for now. Maybe he becomes more, but... Yeah, I gotta go with Bagley. I'd go three. with Bagley, too, here. So that leaves Memphis at four, with Trey Young and Aiton available.
0: I think you would go with Aiton. And try and get off Gasol. And try to get off Gasol. And just get, get uh, assets back for him. Yeah. Because you could get... Some
1: team to give you a couple role players and a pick for Marc Gasol.
0: Oh, absolutely! Point.
1: Like I still like because you would have to make the salary work, but being at that point, like it's the off season, you could find teams that have space. I think so.
0: I think you would go with Aiton, and then Trey Young going to Dallas.
1: Yeah, because you'd want to get off of Marc Gasol if you're Memphis more than you would Mike Conley.
0: I think Mike Conley could play for several more seasons, Mark yeah. all I'm questionable about. Yeah, I'm not even sure he has three good years left, whereas
1: Conley I feel like he has at least three yeah. good years left. So yeah, so that just completely changes this Memphis team, like, in what they kind of have going on, in comparison to what they have now. Does like, it? Because you know, they're probably not making the playoffs either way. But I feel like this current Memphis team yeah. like, as constructive, like, it feels like a good team that's just hit some bad luck. Mm. Whereas with that one, I feel like they're basically just using Mike Conley to lead the rebuild. Yeah. With that idea. I'm sure he wouldn't be cool with that either. So he might ask out. He might. Um, he's such like a loyalist to that team, but I would understand if he did. I wouldn't be mad at him if he did either. Yeah. I think that's probably right. Is you take eight in there, he would just be so talented and worth the, at least, Chance. I mean, four. like, in,
0: you're not killing an attendance
1: either in Memphis. No, exactly. Like, you need someone to get around, and it kind of transitions you to this new era of
0: great and great
1: 21st century basketball. <laughs> um, so, I'd understand that. And then, yeah, default then is Trey Young at five to Dallas, which I'm not sure if that works with him and Dennis Smith Jr. in the backcourt, but I am really impressed with Dennis Smith Jr. Um, on the defensive end this year, yep. I know offense is still, like, a work in progress, but he's a good spot-up three-point shooter, um, still in those high 30 numbers, which is what we talked about him last year as a spot-up shooter, um, and he p- tra- p- tries defensively now, that's and he's, what, I mean, that's
0: all you like, need, really. He's a
1: long player, he's, like, 6'3 standing, and I think his wingspan's something like a plus three, plus four, Ooh. so he's got arms, like, he's got the length to generally do it, I, It could work. Um, Part of me is like the better option would probably be to go outside of the Trey Young option. Kevin Knox again. (laughs) If Kevin Knox was there, um, if you wanted a big, they reportedly loved Wendell Carter in the draft. Mm. Um, It's just Luca was available. Um, So you get Luca, yeah. But they apparently loved Wendell Carter, so I would understand that also. Um, they had a couple different options. I could understand Trey Young there, but I probably wouldn't do that. It's crazy. We didn't. We don't even see the number ten pick, um, Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges. Yeah, he's just started to come on for Phoenix. he missed the beginning of the year, um, or a lot of the beginning of the year.
0: Well, he got. Tra- uh, who's the guy who got traded back to the Suns? So or to the to Philly to Philly. So Zaire Smith. Zaire Smith. That's um, right. Never mind. He yeah. was like top twenty. Yeah, I think he was, was taken was at ten, 10. and then traded later. Yeah, yeah. Cause he
1: was taken at ten by Philly. Yeah, and then six, sixteen was Zaire Smith. Uh, uh, Sesame allergy. Yeah, I know, right? Just kept him out. Um, on with a few other nagging injuries, but that mostly, like, that's just an incredible story, and it's sad, but just an incredible story. That also, happened. what
0: about like SGA? Like, so, I think
1: he would go above Trae Young at this point. I think so. And for Dallas, like, I feel like that would be a nice guy to pair with Dennis Smith Jr. Um, just to make the offensive it's end a little It's a very Rick Carlisle he, type oh, of player. Yes, it's like Devin Harris. <laughs> yeah, Devin <laughs> Harris. still on that team. But yeah, um, SGA has, yeah, has been really phenomenal this year. So there were some options. I think I I completely agree with our picks. but, yeah. I mean, it's our podcast, so, I mean, that makes sense. But I, I think... I understand why all the teams picked what they picked at the time, outside of really Phoenix. Yeah, but I was about to say, say. Outside I don't... of Phoenix, but I, I, knowing what we know now, halfway into the season, I think we're pretty spot on with what we got. So our last big topic then is, with the next big NBA event coming up, is the All-Star Game, mm-hmm. which... I only kind of care about the All-Star game, but I care about the voting for the All-Star game as much as anything. I
0: care about the drama around the All-Star game. Like, whatever. The game's going to be, like, 200 to 210, so whatever. But I think think we have some interesting topics around the All-Star voting. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? Uh, You can start this one. Okay, so... I brought brought this up. I think this has been talked a lot about on other podcasts and in articles, but like this idea of positionless basketball, like why are we doing this like front court, back court shenanigans? Just like, give me the top five. Whoever's the top five vote getters in the East, that's your East starting lineup. I think like Ben Simmons is an example of this because he's listed as a guard in the All-Star, but like for all NBA teams, he's listed as a forward. Like <laughs> and the league like won't budge on it either. I think Zach Lowe's talked about that quite a bit. So it's like, well, like most of these guys don't even have a position anyway. It's not like I know. Oh, I'm the point guard of this team. It's like uh, I'm a guard, or like I'm just whatever a wing, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Like just give me the top five. Like if all all of the West starters were all guards, I'm fine with that. All right, cool. If you're tall player, six six cool (laughs) like they're gonna get subbed out anyway it's not like there's a strict guidelines on who's like how many minutes you're playing once you're a starter some starters like play for a little bit and then they're like i'm good i don't need to play Mm -hmm. i want i want to rest my legs so i don't know i just think like let's abolish this silliness
1: i get it part of me like you could even take that a step farther like why do we have an east and west
0: yeah just give us the best like what 632 players
1: yeah, I don't remember if they put fourteen or sixteen on him in- yeah, but like whatever it is, top thirty ish players. Yeah. On votes. and top thirty players. Just give it to us and let's just see what happens. Cause
0: then they're getting picked anyway. It's not even yeah. like east west.
1: Yeah, I know. Why do we have to qualify it at the beginning? Like it it does feel silly when you really think about it. It's just it's what it's traditionally been. And get get out of here with that garbage. Like I don't I agree with you. That, like I don't I just want Players, I just want good players. I like, just, I don't care.
0: I don't I don't think whoever the captains are going to be, like, are, are looking at this and be like, oh man, this West guard. I'm yeah, I'm really excited to play with this West guard or East guard. Like, I'm excited to play with this player. I don't know, it, it's a bunch of garbage. I want the All Star to be fixed in that way. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree. I it, <laughs> I just I I appreciate that like
1: it's only fifty percent fan vote and 25% player, I think 25% media. So like some of this stuff, the voting like crap that's yeah. going on like with Derrick Rose being the number 2 guard in the West can like get figured out or like you remember a couple years ago when Zaza Pachulia oh was God. like one of like the, the leaders whole country of Georgia was voting for him. <laughs> I know like 10 times a day every day.
0: Um, well, they do this garbage that's like if you vote today it's double voting and it's like yeah. get out of here with that just like <laughs> I don't know. Just give me the best players. Give me the best, like, 30 players.
1: Can you imagine if we did that with presidential elections? Oh, my God. (laughs) Some days your vote counts twice.
0: (laughs) Oh, Uh, Lord. I don't um, even want to think about that. Anyway, that was way off. (laughs) Um, Uh, Back to All-Stars. Matt, what's your uh, thought
1: so, uh, my my thought for all-star voting is that this is personal problems. I'm struggling with my fifth West starter. Since the voting is how it is, we have to go by the rules of it. Um, you pick two backcourt players and three frontcourt players. So, backcourt, uh, I have Harden and Steph. I feel like that's pretty decisive. Like, those are the guys. Frontcourt... I have LeBron because, I mean, it's him. He's played at an all-star level. He, he's been out for a few games, but at the end of the day, you put LeBron in. I have Anthony Davis because although New Orleans is struggling, he's still putting up, like, it feels like 30 points a game mm. um, right now and doing everything he can. The team's just bad. Where I'm at is with my fifth starter. So those are my four, like, for sure. My fifth starter, I'm, I'm conflicted because... Part of me says put in Paul George. Part of me says put in Kevin Durant. The irony of the small forward for the Oklahoma City Thunder here.
0: I don't want to talk about
1: it. (laughs) I'll talk about Uh, one of these players, not the other. uh, It's just I'm so unsure of what to do because Kevin Durant is having just a phenomenal year. Phenomenal year. Putting up 28 7 and (laughs) 6 and like he's like facilitating and still shooting like 50% from the field, 37% from 3 and 91% from the line like he's is is that 50, 40, 90? so he, the the 3 points at 37 right now, otherwise yes um (laughs) so like he's just been incredible when Steph's been out, like he kind of carried this team part of me is like he deserves to be in the all-star game, right? Like, oh, he's going to get in the game, but as a starter. But then I'm like, but Paul George, similar numbers. He's at 27, 8, and 4. Um, nearly the same shooting percentages, 45, 38, and 83. So just a touch so, underneath, but still all-star really level. Um, he plays more defense than Kevin Durant does. Yeah, he does. And... Um, at, and at it an elite level. Like, Kevin Durant can be a really good defender when he feels like it. Yeah, when but, he feels like it. But uh, Paul George is a consistently elite defender and, honestly, is has to be in the top five for defense player of the year voting right now. And I think this is my biggest point and why I feel like I'm leading Paul George, but I can't say this for certain, is that he's had to carry Russell Westbrook in the Oklahoma City Thunder <laughs> this year. <laughs> That's been an understatement. Like, what this man's had to do, is, I feel like every time I turn on the Thunder and, like, really watch, like, a game start to end, like, he's putting up, like, 35 just so easily and carrying the team, like, and Russ is shooting, like, three for 20.
0: (laughs) His his jump shot (laughs) looks so pretty this year. Like, I don't know what, what it was from last year to this year, but every time I feel like he put a, a shot last year, it was bricking. And he, this year, it's just, like, money.
1: Yeah, and he's shooting, like, nine threes a game on average. Like, to me, like, he's just doing, like, exactly what he should be doing in the modern NBA. He's getting to the line six times per game, like, or putting up six free throws a game. Um, So, like, to me, like, he's just playing, like, the best basketball of his career right now. It's a career high in points per game. I just feel like Paul George. As much as Kevin Durant's stats are slightly better, you can't always qualify Paul George's defensive stats or yeah. just how much he's had to carry Oklahoma City. Because if he's playing at like what he was last year, so like last year he put up twenty-two points, five or uh, six rebounds, and three assist. If he's been up twenty two six and three, that's good. It's not all star starter, but I don't think this team's the three seed in the West. Oh, absolutely not. Like they're fighting alongside of the Clippers, Spurs, Lakers, Jazz, Kings, that's, yeah, for get sneaking into the playoffs. Like that's where they are without this monstrous season from Paul George. I think like that drop off from three to. Borderline nine, in the West, like that sixth spot drop is so much more significant than if Kevin Durant was playing at a couple points per game, couple rebounds, couple assists per game, less level. Like the Warriors would still probably be the two right now. Yeah, and yeah, to me, like that's, that's a good point. I think that's where I'm ultimately at. Is like I have to put Paul George in, like reward him carrying a team, yeah. like we've never. Well, we saw him do in Indiana, but not to this level.
0: What it projected to look like in Indiana? Yeah, when is, he was like the second best player behind LeBron in that se- mm-hmm. in those series with yeah. the Heat. It's like everything we wanted from Paul George
1: has actualized this yeah. year, and I think I'm going to reward that with my All
0: Star vote for the fifth starter spot. That's fair. I like that. We're gonna have to do uh, like we did with the. We're gonna have to do a repick of the All Star teams as soon as they as soon as they the, happen or announced cause like that's a TV show this, or
1: that's like a the captains are like yeah. picking guys yeah I'm I'm curious to see how that goes too cause I want this to be like a televised event thing like yeah. I want Kyrie to like not vote like not pick LeBron like <laughs> just I want it. these kind of things to happen
0: I want Luca <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so like I just want these types of things like to happen um and I want to be able to see it happen so I'm I want that i don't think that's happening this year yeah. um but in the future like i very much want that
0: my favorite so. thing about last year about the all-star was that russell westbrook was super salty about being listed last in the all-stars oh yeah and <laughs> someone was like no that's just because your name's westbrook okay <laughs> and it's a w and he was like oh <laughs> no let's just go with the first reason <laughs> i just i don't know that chip on your shoulder that's fun i also want to see Russ go for mvp uh all-star game all-star have a terrible
1: like regular season but win the all-star mvp to like i don't know make yourself feel better
0: i'm all for it okay you can have that (laughs) uh okay so let's talk about our games of the week and then let's close out the podcast matt who you got for game of the week
1: so because they're on a really tough road stretch i'm serious how this or I'm, I'm questioning how their team will be at this point. I have the Pelicans at the Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. They're going on some really rough schedule. So that's going to be on Friday, January 17th, 9.30 um, p.m. Central Time. Again, it's a West Coast game, so if you want to stay up late, stay up late for it. Um, I have the Blazers coming out on top, 121-116. Revenge. Blazers are good at home.
0: The Blazers are
1: really good at home.
0: I didn't know this. The Thunder beat them, I think, this week for the first time since like 2014 at home. Yeah, in in Portland.
1: It's the same thing with the Lakers. Like the Lakers hadn't won there. I feel like in 10 years. And they finally won a game at Portland. Like, the Blazers just—in part, it's, like, the traveling. Like, to go all the way out to Portland for a lot of these teams, even in the West, like, that is a ways out there that you're just not really used to. And you usually catch Portland on back-to-back nights. So it's just brutal up there. Um, And, like I said, New Orleans is starting, like, a really rough— Schedule of away games. So that's why I'm picking Portland. Anthony Davis is still great. He's still going to carry that team as much as he can. They're still putting up a lot of points, but not a
0: lot of defense right now. So, Blazers <laughs> by five. Um, my game of the week is the Saturday slot uh, at 2.30, which is a new thing uh, this week because of no college, college football. football. Love it. No football in general. So, Thunder at 76ers Saturday, January mm. 18th at 230 central it's on abc i think the thunder are gonna win uh i'm also side note i'm also looking for a russell westbrook joel and bead fight yes uh, because that almost happened last year and i'm all about it i think the thunder are gonna win 117 to the 76ers 105 okay a little bit of homer pick i absolutely <laughs> but you know when you have zero space that's what you get i guess thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the couch gm podcast it's been a lot of fun matt we'll have to do it again next week and the week after the week after hopefully hopefully Ah, we'll see we'll see you guys back next week